0: This episode is brought to you by Gods Against Humanity. Yes, just not to read in that, it! If They do want you to enjoy the show. Ain't that just like them? Tonight on Full Stone. After 146 continuous years of operation, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus has closed down for good this week, citing updated animal regulations and an inability to compete with the government as reasons for closure. Then the aliens used me for sexual experiments, claims man
1: whose high school girlfriends all lived out of state.
2: A rising tide lifts all... throats? New evidence is in that shows breathing in
0: sea air along the coast helps cure laryngitis. It's graduation season, and the hottest jobs market is in paid protesting, according to a recently released study by the Weird Uncle Institute. Climate change poised to cripple production of cops as South Florida
2: wiped off the map. Haste makes paste. The World Glue Making Championships are back. Who's the fastest and the favorite this year?
0: Is such a thing even adhesive? Yes, it is on tonight's groin-boinging episode of Bullstone! boinging nice I'll just Good. wait I'll just sit back and sip on my tea as I wait for that award to show up for that great <laughs> little <laughs> hello everyone and welcome to Bullstone in this the year of our Lord 2017 in the month of our podcast May I'm Dave Stecko. hi <laughs> with me is Tabitha Hutchison Oh, not this week. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, uh, uh. (laughs) uh-uh-uh.
2: I'm David Flora, and we have a special guest. Yes, we do. All the way from the Mad Scientist podcast, we have Dr. Chris Cogswell. What?
0: A doctor? Yes. Doctor. Doctor. We had a hard rule against actual accreditation on this
3: podcast. Hey,
1: it is a light accreditation. I, I will not be talking about pipes or pipe fittings. So my chemical engineering degree is sadly useless here.
0: You don't know that because, I mean, if there's one I mean, thing. mean, that's true. Bullstone's known for is We get to the pipe fittings.
1: I was going to say, that's true. I really shouldn't have said that just not to limit the show's potential here tonight. It could get right. really into pipe fittings and like friction losses. Yeah. Um, Stop
0: it. Stop, well, stop it! stop <laughs> it! <laughs> You're making me wild.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, uh, we're happy to have you on, and uh, we'd like for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us a little bit about yes. yourself and about the dark, the yeah. dark myths collective show, <laughs>
0: the Mad Scientist Podcast. I think it's I think it's the, the Mad Scientist, Mad Scientist, Scientist podcast, podcast, a proud part of. of. of The dark myths collected, but let's put the, let's put the mad scientist right up front because not only is it a fun, (laughs) glorious podcast, it is one of the best podcast logos I have ever seen in my life. Thank you.
1: So, okay. Okay. Number one. Thank you for that. That logo is pretty, it's pretty great. It's probably one of the coolest things I've ever had made for me by someone else. And now I claim as my own. Right. Which is good. So the, um. so my show is about, um, so yeah, I'm Chris Cogswell. I'm from the Mad Scientist podcast, which is part of the Dark Myths Collective. My show is on like putting the science and weird kind of together. So I have a PhD in chemical engineering and I also have a love of all things kind of strange and occult and freaky and cryptid and all that kind of stuff. So, what we try to do on my show is we try to look at historical cases of things like, say, UFO abductions or conspiracies or even just popular misconceptions about science mm-hmm. and apply hard science in a way to them that it's kind of explained to the to the people listening, so that they can understand the science behind the thing, and then they can really make their own judgments about a topic.
0: That's that's awesome, and that's going to work so well. Just never do a Flat Earth episode. Just I'm just telling you right now. Okay. Oh, wait. All right. Too late. <laughs> Too late.
1: I know. You know what the problem is? Again, this is Simpsons did it. Uh, <laughs> like, Simpsons did it um, virus here or whatever. Like, it's everything I want to do. I'm like, oh, no, they already did that on something else some better show than mine oh god you know <laughs> or even like the the logo or the title for the show right when i mm. so i was trying to come up with like good titles for the show and i was like oh the mad like because my xbox live name is mad scientist cogswell my like i've been using that kind of moniker for a while uh-huh so i was like oh i'll just do that and i got the logo made and everything like applied for the Podbean site all that crap and then i thought I should probably Google that and see if someone else is already using it. <laughs> and no one else is the Mad Scientist podcast, but there is, like, other mad science-y title kind of things. Yeah. And so my plan now is just to get so big that I can crush the competition. Oh, yeah. That's all a brilliant them.
0: plan. I completely <laughs> support that.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'm pretty excited, um, pretty excited to be on the show with you guys. Pretty excited to be part of Dark Myths. It's got, like, all my favorite, honestly, all my favorite podcasts. So it's pretty cool to be. You know, part of the club. Oh, yeah. Right? Plus, it's
2: great for networking.
1: Uh, Yeah, it is really good for networking. Podcasts are so much nicer. When I was in, when I was in, I mean, everyone, every good scientist was in a ska band in high school. That's a fact.
0: (laughs) I was going to ask you that because of your intro music. Yes. My (laughs) intro is
1: my first love ska music. Yeah. (laughs) From my high school ska band. When, um, when I started the show, I was like, oh, what, I wonder what kind of music I can get for free online. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. Yeah. I know an awesome song I can use. Uh, oh. But, like, it's being part of, like, the podcasting world is so much nicer because you you message people, like, really big shows, and you're like, hey, you guys want to give me some advice? And they f***ing will, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Whereas even as, like, you know, some crap ska band playing Dive bars in high school, you'd ask another band, like, hey, you guys want to be on our show? Like, no, man, (laughs) no way. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Or even science, science (laughs) is like that too. It's very, science is very clicky. It's very much like
0: mean girls. Oh, yeah. I would say overall, (laughs) yeah. And I'll say this like, the nicest thing about podcasts is that no one has inherited a podcast. Everyone who has a podcast had to build it from the ground up. And so, so, everyone always is like, yeah, of course I'll help you with that because, you know, either no one helped me. So, of course I'll help, or <laughs> I remember the help I got from another podcast. Yeah. And
2: totally. Yeah. It's, we're, we, we've all been in the trenches and, yeah, or, or are in the trenches. I, I don't think anybody is actually out of the trenches except <laughs> no, for a few no. people who are like running, running the battlefield at the moment. Yeah. There you go. But, right.
1: Yeah, there's but a but couple of generals. <laughs> I was going to say, as soon as they, but as soon as they get out of the trenches, it's, like, onto the battlefield of TV.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, True. good
1: stuff. Like, money-making potential, man. I just... <laughs> listen, I just want to be able to sell... I just want to have an underwear code with my name in it that <laughs> you can buy cheap underwear. <laughs> or, like, razors or... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, All I, I just want do people. Is- I want people, when they're sitting on the toilet thinking, like... Man, I got to get that weird hair to think, oh, not <laughs> Scientist Cogswell, I can put that title into
0: the thing and I'll get $5 off. That's right. It'll come. <laughs> Someday, someone's going to need my code for their Squarespace
3: and I will yes! have a rest.
2: Uh Chris, what, what got you into uh, pursuing a PhD in chemical engineering? So I, as an undergrad,
1: I actually had kind of a weird... I had kind of a weird mix of degrees. So I took... When I first got to school, I really thought I wanted to be uh, Michio Kaku, basically. Right. I wanted to be like a theoretical physicist. So originally, I was going to do philosophy and physics. But in learning about physics, I was, you know, less than enthused, I guess, about kind of the research that was going on. So I decided to do something that would get me closer to nanotechnology and chemical engineering seemed like a big enough field and like kind of, I guess, modular enough. It kind of fits into a bunch of different things where yeah. I could get into medicine or energy or whatever I wanted to do. So but when I got to school, I still really wanted to do philosophy and stuff. So I I actually double majored in philosophy. And that led to me researching more about economics and philosophy of science and stuff. And all of that just made it necessary. Like, I didn't want to be just some guy working at a plant. You know what I mean? I wanted to, yeah. um, I don't know, be the guy in the office hating his life because he doesn't get to work on the floor of the plant. I guess that's <laughs> what I wanted to do. That makes sense. I really I really wanted to do research from, so I was in, I was in high school and I got a really great opportunity to, I don't know why, my, my high school chemistry teacher loved me even though I failed, like, every test. I don't know why she liked me. I was a total, like, not a good student at all in high school. Mm-hmm. And so, but she she seemed to like me, and she offered me, a uh, like, a field trip, I guess, or an extracurricular field trip to go see a nanotechnology conference where Bill Nye talked. Whoa. And so I got to meet, like, I, I mean, I got to meet Bill Nye. I got to, like, shake Bill's, not Bill Nye's hand in a line of 50 other people. But that was, like, a defining still. moment for my childhood. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was. Yeah,
2: you still got some Nye stink on you.
1: Yeah, I got. I was so blown away by his talk and also by the cool shit I saw. Like, now I know the stuff they showed us is completely just really cool looking, but does nothing at all. Like ferrofluids, right? Like, yeah. you put a magnet underneath it and it makes a big spike and it's like, that's so cool. And then you tell <laughs> no the professor, you're like, at all. <laughs> right, right. oh, I guess I could design brakes that's it they're not used
0: for anything else well unless you're unless you were unless you're like the guy in charge of all the spencer's gift stores right (laughs) right you're the guy coming up with the next big lava
1: lamp thing right yeah that's and that's really why i got into it i guess was when i left undergrad i had already done research and i i knew i didn't want to um i knew i didn't want to Go into industry as it currently stood for me at that point. The only job offer I got was actually at a paper company, and I got an offer to grad school, and I took it. You know, Boom. so I'm pretty happy. Yeah, yeah, it worked nice. out well.
0: And now nice. I have a podcast. That's which right, is even better. It's the next step. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What do you say we? What do you say we dive into some shenanigans, y'all? Yeah, let's do it. All right, guests go first. Chris, what you got? Okay,
1: this one is. So my stuff is all weird, but sciencey still mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. with a the theme. Okay. There is a museum in Manitoba in Canada that has animatronic dinosaurs, right? Which is really cool. Right. Okay. But they have two special animatronic dinosaurs this year. They have one that can urinate. <laughs> and, and one that can fart oh I am my god not even kidding all right this is true this is true real world stuff here oh wow. is it called Jurassic park it's called so it's really interesting because <laughs> they're it's like the guy that the guy that put it together is like, well, we want to show everyone every aspect of, you know, what dinosaur life was like. And it's like, yeah, everyone knows that they were pissing and shitting all over the place. We don't have to see it. You know what I mean? Like, no yeah. no kid no kid is walking out of that like, man, I can't believe dinosaurs never peed
0: ever. Right. That's so weird. So does that mean that they have to have like uh, you know, like a dip, a diplodocus just throwing up all over the, like everything that a biological creature could do. We have to show it's the only way people will understand yeah. where does it stop? <laughs> this, is, this is his, this is the quote from
1: this guy. So first off um, this, the person who put this thing together, the, uh, one of the advisors to this team actually helped work on Jurassic park. Oh, so this guy's name, and this is the perfect name for this. His name is Dino Don Lessum. and he worked on Jurassic Park and stuff. And Dino so the, exhi- <laughs> the exhibit here is the World Giant Dinosaurs exhibit, and it's been going since only a couple days ago, really, in Manitoba. And this is his quote on it. He said the, prote- the protoceratops. So this is the quote from the article. He said the protoceratops, the dinosaur that urinates on command, was built specifically for the exhibit. Quote imagine like a water fountain end quote he said adding the press of a button makes the proceratops urinate into a pond that's filled with yellow food coloring (laughs) as for the dilophosaurus the farting dinosaur lesson said for now it just makes noises when visitors walk by but if the visitor is a hit museum staff can install a smell cartridge that will let out a stink when guests pass they're kind of testing on how offended people
0: get he said Oh my God! This man, this man is a lunatic. There is an intern whose job it is to walk up. So you just got farted on. How do you feel about that? Are you upset or just did you think that was interesting science? Because you smell like an old fart right now. There's
2: there's another intern who has to change out the fart cartridge, (laughs) right as they call it the (laughs) fartridge.
0: is are they is there like a team of engineers just working on a leicester store that's just licking its own genitals it's just in there it's just right, just in, in there like a dog just all the time just getting at it
1: <laughs> so the the i think one of my favorite things i found out about from this thing was that this thing has come around before this kind of like animatronic dinosaur thing. Uh And so the last time it was around, it went to a park called, and I am not kidding you guys here. (laughs) Ass in Bowen park zoo. Yes, of course. Pretty good. Yes. Pretty good. Perfect. Ridiculous. It does. It just doesn't make sense to me. I I guess. Yeah. It's, it's that question of where does lifelikeness stop? Yeah. Like, he's, you know, dinosaurs did loads of other things besides, like, piss into a... I think, too, the piss in the pond part is hilarious
0: to me. Because yeah. the pond itself is yellow. Right. So, it's so, all, I, so, there yeah, was like, no pond, and know? then this guy showed up and was <laughs> right. like, I'll catch up with you guys. I got to take care of something.
3: Oh...
0: <laughs> Because whether or not you know it, that's the noise a dinosaur makes when he pees, guys. I didn't know was also. Were aware of that. This also brings up a secondary question, though. How accurate
1: is the dinosaur genitals?
2: Oh, right. Because if you're gonna have pee, you gotta have the rest yeah. of that. It's gotta be coming from someplace, right? Is it, is it just a hole in the in the undercarriage or something? Like
1: I have no idea. I would assume dinosaurs would have something like a cloaca like a pseudo yeah like a cloaca or like a pseudo penis or something right where it's like a we uh, just don't even want to get into it right man but what yeah. the hell there's all kinds of questions here and i'm sure dino don has thought of them
0: all yeah i feel like they put the cart in front of the horse there let's get the genitals right then let's get the genitals a job Dave, okay
2: i believe they put the fart in front of the horse
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen david flora oh that's glorious yeah, I uh Please. that is awesome. Cause it is, it is like, guys, we we gotta we gotta make this more realistic. We we don't have enough money for like they can't walk around. Uh nobody knows how to make one that can eat. What does that leave? Just dead silence in a boardroom. Damn it, Tompkins. No, wait, I have an idea. I, I think Tompkins is on to something. <laughs> somebody give
1: thompson's ass a promotion oh my
0: god (laughs) Uh, yeah welcome uh don't be afraid to touch the sweaty triceratops he's really sweaty
1: (laughs) the thing is too can you imagine i mean there have been loads of times where like i'll go to the zoo or like the aquarium and be surprised at a new exhibit they have yeah right oh look they have they have wildcats here this is great whatever you show up to the zoo, there's a giant animatronic dinosaur, you're standing behind it thinking everything's safe, <laughs> and you just get a blast in the face, right? It uh, it boggles the mind.
0: And is it like- I don't understand it at all. How do they sell it? How do they sell it to the zoo? Yeah. And, and who, because you got to design that and have a working prototype. And does that prototype, does I mean like does the bee hole move? Is it like when you accidentally are just you just happen Ooh. to be looking at your dog's butt when it parts and you're <laughs> like, oh it. no! Right,
1: right, we're gonna be we'll listen. We'll be looking back in ten years at the old school way we did makeup <laughs> art for dinosaur asses and be blown away at how lifelike they are now.
0: Back in my oh. day, I, we were positive that they got a real dinosaur's ass for that. We thought it was so good. You kids don't it's, know nothing. <laughs> It's going to be like looking back at the old Star Wars movies are going to be like, right. oh, my
1: God, that's what they had a butthole look like. No, way.
0: <laughs> they don't. They didn't know nothing from buttholes back then. Oh, boy. That is awesome. I, You know yeah. what? Pretty I funny. hope that it is wildly successful and that they keep having to top it. They have to keep cuz once you
2: hear about a dinosaur farting on you that's
0: the first yeah. thing you're going to go do
2: is get farted Absolutely. on right and, and then, then everybody knows about it it's no not a surprise anymore it's not n- n- uh novel yeah. so you got to yeah you got to top yourself then
0: the then the dinosaur has to like maybe one out of every 10 farts is a shark whoops a daisy <laughs> like you got to you've got to <laughs> continually ratchet that tension up well what I, what I don't understand either is <laughs> I, I, I distinctly remember as a kid
1: going to Universal Studios Humble on the ride, the Jurassic Park ride, seeing that T-Rex face come out yeah. and be like, oh, my God, even now, I went back, whatever, like five years ago or something, and it still scared the shit out of me, right? What What are the kids thinking today where an animatronic T-Rex at a zoo moving around and roaring and stuff and like being pretty lifelike
0: that they're like, this is not enough for me? I don't know. This is just, boring as hell. Yeah, there's an eight-year-old arms folded, just going, I don't know. I'm just not buying it. Yeah. Wow, mate.
1: <gasps> what
3: real. is the
1: what
0: is the family
1: what does the teacher do on the bus ride home from the field trip? <laughs> right? This is this is just, I mean, every eight year old's fantasy,
2: right? Like, That's true. They are setting the zoo up for failure
0: Oh, in in every way. Uh, No, they're (laughs) entering like a new realm where they have to constantly top themselves. And where this ends is going to be horrifying. Like where this ends is like an HBO version of that old TV show dinosaurs where everyone's swearing, everyone's murdering and everyone's having sex and it's all dinosaurs (laughs) and they'll have to swear that it's an actual documentary. Uh, oh, I love oh, that. That's great. Yeah, that is worth it. <laughs> Flora, what do you got? <laughs>
2: um, okay, I got one here that I, th- I think uh, Chris will enjoy, or at least hopefully can tell us more about. This is coming from Science Alert. Uh, scientists have stabilized a one-dimensional metallic material in a world-first experiment. Apparently, uh, they have created some nanowires that are one atom thick, have you heard about this, Chris? I have, uh, and they call it one-dimensional, which I believe is kind of a misnomer. It is because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Is the human brain even capable of, of uh, uh, conjecturing <laughs> what one dimension is?
3: It's anyway. not. <laughs> yeah. But- <laughs>
2: Uh so what they and I'll I'll do it real brief here then and Chris maybe you can uh, uh you can take it and run with it cuz I, I have a feeling you you have a passion about this. <laughs> I do. Um, I do in fact. So they uh if if I understand it correctly they want to build nanowires with tellurium string and this ter- tellurium string is just a string of atoms, one atom thick, one atom wide. Right, it's just one one little chain of atoms, and uh, they put them inside these thin carbon nanotubes. And you know they've they like anything when you're working that small and with that that kind of chemical engineering, you have a lot of uh, obstacles in the way for making it work. Which some of them are like you kind of need to lay it on something in order Mm. to to make it stable. Cause they vibrate, right? The the atoms vibrate. It makes it hard to to form to stay together. So if you have them supported, that helps. But they're also very reactive if they're put on certain surfaces. Is that right, Chris? Um, yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, ba- basically, yeah.
1: We'll yeah. we'll get into all of this, do, do, man. Does cool. that does that mean, does
0: that mean cool. you magnetically isolate them? Does that even work? Well, how let's do magnets see. work? <laughs> All right, I'm pumping
1: out the clown paint now, man. This is
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Little did what? you guys know,
1: this is a Juggalo podcast now. What? Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> ah, the psychopathic family. Uh, it's It's not magnetic. It's entropic. The entropy makes it so unstable because you're making something that is a single atom thick and hundreds or thousands of atoms long. It's like building a super duper thin tower out of sheets of paper that are rotting. And chances are <laughs> just based on the number of confirmations that the thing can take in space that it's gonna fall you know fold over
2: mm-hmm. yeah that that's what they've been trying to do, uh keeping it stable, which I guess chris what does what does this accomplish if they're able to make uh, a chain of atoms, just one atom thick? What does that? What will that then do? Does that just give more space for you to conduct electricity, or does that? Uh, what what kind of doors does that open up?
1: So, okay, so let's start. Let's start from like the very beginning, right? Oh boy. The the idea of something being one dimensional or two dimensional or three dimensional in terms of nanomaterial so this is actually like i'm surprised you didn't look at my resume or something i mean i don't i didn't give you a resume or anything i'm not that kind of <laughs> podcast host yet give me time <laughs> we're
2: not that kind of if, podcast we're like we want a headshot right, resume before you talk right, to us on bullshit right Stone. i'll send
1: you glitter in the mail i swear to god <laughs> yeah the this is, like, right in my wheelhouse. This is exactly what I work on. I work on two-dimensional nanomaterials. Okay. The difference... The idea of a nanomaterial being one-dimensional, three-dimensional, or two-dimensional is has nothing to do with actually what, like, dimension it lives in or exists in. Okay. But everything to do with its... Sort of its conformation or the way that it grows in space. So, a three-dimensional crystal or a nanomaterial is one that has repetitions in all three directions x y and z right so like a normal crystal okay but a 2d nanomaterial would be something like a sheet where it's super duper thin in one dimension but it's really big in the other two gotcha right so those are what's called layered materials and that's what i work on layered materials and i just want everyone to know you should fund layered materials research so then you can keep having the mad scientist podcast perfect
2: but <laughs> it it's is so th- good if 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 you don't mind real quick, does that mean that you can have something one atom tall but infinite atoms wide?
1: Now this is the part of the research where they are in theory, yes you could, right? And that and we counts make, as a two D. And it would count as a two D material. And we actually do make things like that using things like atomic layer deposition or I mean, even simple like graphene is made, graphene can be made at home with basically layers of duct tape and a lot, a lot, a lot of patience and really steady hands, right? So there are things like that that will exist in nature. The problem, though, is when you get down to a 1D material where it's literally only kind of long in one dimension. Mm -hmm. So like a string, the only 1D material you can have is a string. Right. Right, really, in terms of nanomaterials. And there's going to be people that will email this show now and be like, no, 2D materials align, yo. <laughs> that's going to happen. I guarantee it.
2: But well, this one's a ray, f***ers.
1: <laughs> yeah. In nanomaterials terms, it is only a string or a nano wire, something like that. Previous research, so I actually looked up this paper really quick after you said it. Previous research had made chains of carbon 100 atoms thick. This paper has been able to make, or have claimed at least, to have made one that's 6,400 carbon atoms thick. Or long, I guess, not thick, mm-hmm. but long. Oh, the applications of this are sort of. I always really like this about nanomaterials because I had to do this in my papers too, and I still do it in my current papers. Is you're kind of selling something at the macro scale, but you're making it. You know, it's it's sort of like I don't know. I can't even think of a good analogy. It's like. It's like if you were fighting a giant and you're stabbing them with a fork and you're like, well, every every little bit counts, right? Like, it, it doesn't. I mean, yeah, it does. But if you can't get, like, a thousand other people stabbing at the same time with the
0: same fork, it's not going to do shit, right? Yeah. I, so, I just imagine that like like one of those old OWA posters, you know, right. for like, like you know, it's everyone's just stabbing Hitler in the ankles. But every little bit right. counts.
1: <laughs> Do your part. Join the fight today against that's, Hitler
2: Giant. Yeah. <laughs> Buy chemical bonds. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's good. Oh,
1: my goodness. F- yeah, Flora. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> the. The application of this would be things like if you're building a if you're building a um like a quantum computer or a computer chip. The problem with computer chips is that they get there's this idea that for every what is it like every 10 years the amount of transistors you can put on a single square inch doubles. It's a Moore's law. These, yes, exactly. I'm not a, I'm not a computer engineer. I don't know anything about this. I'm but not a computer man.
0: I'm not a computer the, I am engineer, a nano but engineer, but I like though. video games. It's called Moore's logic.
1: I do. I'm fine. No, it's cool. <laughs> so the idea in this case would be if you could show that you can actually grow these carbon rods really thin. Mm-hmm. Carbon is a really good template for other materials. So ca- because carbon can be dissolved or removed really easily or pretty easily. So a lot of the times it would act as a template. So imagine you have a you have a single line of carbon. That's one atom thick. And now you can grow a wire of copper that's only six atoms thick. Right. Mm. Or rather, six atoms around. Right? Right, right. It it opens up a lot of things to us. And then on top of that, carbon, it's kind of the argument for carbon being conductive, like electrically conductive, is kind of hand all of those arguments at the nanoscale get really hand wavy. Yeah, because for something to to move electrons around means that there's some kind of network
0: between different atoms, and you've and you've limited that that interactivity
1: exactly. Them, yeah, right. You're 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 literally limiting the. Besides that too, you're literally limiting the physical bounds that they can go into. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, you know, the orbitals. There's only so many orbitals there. So where the hell's the electron going to actually flow through? Mm. Anyways, the idea, I think, would eventually be to use these as things like like wires or conductors or things, right? Parts of nanoelectronics. But yeah, I mean, in, in the, in the first place, it's just really cool. No one's been able to do it before. And that's kind of like 95% of why nanotechnology exists. Is <laughs> yeah. people being
0: like, this is cool, man. Yeah. But, and I think that's the fun part of, of, of a, such a big field. Like, uh, like nanotechnology is the, the doing things. I mean, yes, if you're, if you're messing with dino DNA, it's going to bite you in the ass. But for, right. for nanotechnology, the, the we're doing it to see if we can do it because it's cool is a really fun right. phase of science. Like just, and then, and then, and then that builds practical application that, you know, like from that grows, you know, okay, well we did it this way for fun. And it turns out in order to accomplish this task, we need to do that again. So I, I love that part of it. I, I think that's great. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. I actually
1: had a really, really like one of the best talks I went to in my entire time as a student was this, nanotech researcher from bell labs who his work originally was on making like seeing how physical properties change at the nanoscale so if Mm -hmm. something is springy at the macro scale can you then say that a very small piece of that that's only say 100 nanometers thick would also be springy Ah. And so for for 10 years his work was on nano springs and no one would fund it because they were like why the hell do we care about this? <laughs> and now he's built like a working a number of working prototypes of um basically nano machines that can print out smaller nano machines. <laughs> So, like, we're watching this talk, and at first I'm like, oh my God, Springs, this is so boring. And then he's like, bam, nano
0: robots gonna blacken out the sun, everybody. And you're just <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> and as he was dragged <laughs> off the skirt at the stage, right. you all laughed right. at me.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I told you, fools,
0: now bow. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's.
2: As all the organic matter was eaten <laughs> off his body
0: That's by right. gray
2: goo, and then a skeleton was just left. So this yeah, this was led by a team of researchers from the University of Cambridge, Cambridge in the UK, and um, they said that they were able to build tellurium nanowires approximately 10,000 times thinner than a human hair so yeah that's that's uh, pretty damn small
0: <laughs> but yes. is it as glossy and manageable? I doubt it <laughs> yeah. science isn't ready for that yet. <laughs>
1: So here's here is the dirty little secret of carbon nanotubes. Carbon nanotubes are really cool, but they have a drug problem. <laughs> well, yeah, but carbon nanotubes have been going out to some really seedy clubs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Carbon nanotubes can't be removed from water. They have to stay wet. Otherwise, they collapse Oh, because that's the way you build them. And so for all of the applications that are important, like electronics, that crap can't get wet, <laughs> right? Right. So yeah. how the hell are you ever going to use it? Irish. So there's a huge. People always ask me, you know, what's what's one of the big challenges of science, and they expect me to say things like cold fusion or whatever. And I'm like, we need to figure out how the hell to keep our nanotubes dry. That's it. Like
2: you got to dry them off. Wow. Huh. Na- Nano fans. Fanos. Nano fans. Na- Fanos. Na- Fanos. <laughs> Uh, so, yep, that's what I got. Thought you might find that interesting.
0: Awesome, yeah, it was awesome, cool, man. Dave, what do you have? Uh, I found this really great story today. Uh, there is uh, a documentary that is coming out. I guess, well, has already come out as with the the podcast time distortion being what it is, um, <laughs> called Unacknowledged, which is a uh, a documentary about you know UFO encounters and government cover ups. Uh, You know, plenty of these things out out and about. But here's what's fascinating about this one. According to this documentary, Marilyn Monroe was assassinated by the United States government because of her knowledge of aliens. Um, According to this documentary, at the time, Marilyn Monroe was uh, not only hooking up with the president, but she was also enacting a very lifelike dinosaur mating ritual with the uh, Attorney General Bobby Kennedy, because that's what dinosaurs do. Wait.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, are you implying she was
0: farting on Bobby Kennedy? I'm really confused I was now about that other it to dinosaur the next story. Next logical step? No. So Marilyn, uh, okay. Marilyn Monroe okay. was okay. sleeping with both of them.
2: Okay, how did this go from? she knew aliens to she was reenacting a dinosaur mating ritual
0: well it was a it was a callback joke flora i didn't mean to throw you F- yeah i, I was no i feel like a buffoon <laughs> well the good news is it's your finger on the editing trigger sir you leave in as it's much true. as you like that's true my <laughs> discretion it, well if it and if it if, if it has to be explained it wasn't a good joke so you could just get rid of it altogether. watch All me right, watch Chris, me do this Chris got it She was (laughs) not only sleeping with the president of the United States, allegedly, but also with the attorney general, not only John Kennedy, but also Bobby Kennedy. Damn it. And with that was, she was given, uh, according to this documentary, unprecedented access to uh, certain things. And at one point, according to some some paperwork, let me see if I can find this sheet again here, because there's a little two minute clip here and I'm going to bring it up. So a gentleman by the name of Dr. Stephen Greer produces a document that he says is um, a government log functionally of 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 surveillance uh, wiretaps that they placed on her where she would uh, argue with John Kennedy or Bobby Kennedy after uh, after their affair had gotten enough scrutiny that they had to break it off that it was getting a little too close and she said well i'll have a press conference i'm going to tell everybody everything i you know (laughs) i went to you took me to a place that had uh, a bunch of stuff on display quote from space and uh and so this guy the dr greer and this this little video clip that i got to see of the documentary which as of recording this episode has not been released yet he's like this is a death warrant." For her, that they are, they, she has, they're going to have to kill her to keep her quiet. And so, that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Marilyn Monroe's dead, not because of a drug overdose. And this information was provided initially, this thing, by <laughs> Burl Ives. <laughs> Burl Ives was the guy who was wow. like, well you, you, well, you know what really happened there, don't you? And then then he well, here's sa- what happened. Yeah, then he yeah, then he sang a song from a Christmas special. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty impressive little clip. I'm sure you could just pull it up on YouTube like I said the uh the documentary is called Unacknowledged and uh yeah, there's just it's like a little 2-minute clip. I, I mean, honestly, it looks like it'd be fun to watch, but Flora, the floor recognizes you. Do you have a question? I was going to ask about how how did the attorney
2: general get her information about aliens? But then, thankfully, it came up in your story about uh, Marilyn Monroe saying that they took her to a place.
0: Yeah, they were. it was like a hot date idea. Like, hey, I really need to impress you, so let me show you some, uh, you want to see my alien stuff?
1: Isn't the point of having, I mean, like, I'm no expert on this. Isn't the point of having a mistress not telling them anything? <laughs> right, right. Like, not, yeah, you're not supposed to. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Again, my mind goes back to my mind goes back to Arrested Development, where they find George Senior's mistress, and all they ever do is cry to her. Right, and then they're like, "I just want my brother to want my money." <laughs> <laughs> right. It's the same. It's the same damn thing. Well, okay. Two two yeah. things here. Two things here. Right. Number one, Burl Ives was Sam the Snowman yeah. in Rudolph, Yes, that's right? exactly who he was. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just making sure I have the right, like he's wearing the vest yep. and everything in my mind now.
0: Oh, yeah. Aliens killed Marilyn Monroe. The. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it what? Is. what? That's what I love about what? this. This is why we're talking about it. Burl Ives, 33rd <laughs> degree Mason. Why not? Let's just drop that in the middle of it. Never revisit it. Yeah, this is, this is what I love about this sort of thing, because when you release, like in, in, in the year 2017, there, you, there is, there are so many, not only like professionally produced alien documentaries, but you're also fighting like a, a tidal wave of YouTube videos that are just bad music and words that appear on a screen. Um, or or even more those those terrible like robot ones like in twenty twelve there was a you know right. there's there's so oh, many yeah. sources of this that like when, a, when when somebody comes out and says, No, I've got something new, do you know what all of you assholes have been missing? The Burl Lives connection. You dumb, <laughs> dumb bastards. <laughs> I it's worth it. It's worth it to me to explore that. Well, looks like
3: a fool. <laughs> <laughs> Hidden in plain sight. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't.
2: You know what? I'm probably misremembering every everything about Burl Ives, but I feel
0: like he's real Danny Vanderhand. I I think he's like, uh, I can't think of his name, but yeah, I think he's folksy.
1: All I can hear in my, in my head is the snowman where he's like, and that's what Rudolph well, the, did.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: He had to write like the weird... I don't know, carnival well, showman kind of thing. like. And then Marilyn said, I saw I, the well, aliens. That's the other Christmas uh, documentary. Like,
0: uh, document. <laughs> Jesus. Now you got me to. That's the other uh, Christmas <laughs> special with Jimmy Durante. Oh, oh. no. Yeah, because he's Burl Ives is the have a holiday, jolly mm-hmm. Christmas. Oh, man, oh, dude. Yeah. I just got blown. Forget aliens. That's what, yeah, no. Forget, forget aliens. Let's do Burl. Let's oh, man. Burl, 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 just, I'll put it more. out here. Burl, burl Ives is the new Orson Welles.
1: this makes see this makes me wonder now though what crazy celebrity today is going to be the one in 50 years when people are like
0: yes
1: no she was like a good philosopher and (laughs) you know like like she was killed by aliens because of her knowledge her deep government secrets like jessica (laughs) simpson was had her brain removed because you know she hung out with i don't know bush or something like it yeah, that's, that's why they
0: had to replace Britney Spears with that government clone. She yeah. got too close to the truth. Katie Perry. Oh, yes. Too, don't oh, yes. The clones.
2: Yeah. Yep. Here is here, here he is, real quick. I just looked him up. Seems
3: all he thinks about is silver and gold. Silver and gold. Silver. And gold.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not what I'm thinking at all. <laughs> oh, Cornelius. Oh, what do you good. guys think about him? Sweet. Well, what do you guys think about aliens? That's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of what I want to know. Rudolph. <laughs> right. You're getting a little close to the truth. <laughs> do Kind Cornelius just throws a pickaxe in the air, and it just lands in Rudolph's neck.
1: <laughs> Take oh, him to the great.
0: island of misfit toys, boys. <laughs> Take him on out there. Maybe to <laughs> Guantanamo Bay. I don't know.
1: What kind of horrible security do those alien bunkers have, then? Right? They're keeping all the aliens that, that you could just like, you know, walk in with Marilyn Monroe. And the president's like, no, nah, it's okay. We're having sex. It's totally cool. She's yeah. coming with no, me. Ever, like, like whatever. Like who cares?
0: I own this place. One of those I'm things. the president. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As they walk through the halls, all the soldiers are in attention with crisp right. salutes. And the minute they pass, they all st- they all start making the arm thrust, chunka chunka <laughs> moves.
3: Right. Right. <laughs> right.
0: Oh. oh, Kennedy brought
1: another one down to the alien bunker. Oh. Boy. The other thing <laughs> I don't understand with this stuff, uh, the thing that I, so I always love, I always love going down these conspiracy rabbit holes and. Following these kind of things to their logical conclusions, though, because there's always some part of it that doesn't fit with the rest of the narrative. Like it, it never connects, right? That's the beauty of having yeah. a conspiracy worldview is it never connects. And I wonder if this guy also thinks JFK was killed by the CIA.
0: Yeah. Because he knew well, too much. <laughs> You know the right. president. He knew yeah, too right. much. Yeah, right. The president knew
1: too much, but he also had access to this the stuff to know to give it to his mistress. You know what I mean? It. it, it well, yeah, and, and the fact that it end? doesn't. Could JFK have brought whoever it, he wanted? This is yeah, my buddy fact... Phil. <laughs> Could to go look at some alien heads frozen in formaldehyde,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> but the fact that it doesn't connect is your proof that it's connected. They hid right. it, right? No, that's the thing. They hid it. That's how you know. It's right there in plain sight, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just going to have another sip of this sweet tea.
1: How 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 this actually this makes me wonder though. I don't know anything about Marilyn Monroe at all. Like, I know nothing.
0: How did she die? Did she like overdose on something? Yeah, it was a drug overdose. Oh shit. Yep. Or was it? Uh let's find uh, out. Uh, <laughs> if only I had if only I had the sum of human knowledge at my fingertips. Finger tits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. So I just put into Google, Marilyn Monroe is just going to write death. But I've got DEA, and it autofills to Marilyn Monroe death aliens. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the game is afoot. It's done. Peak internet. Oh, yeah. And here it is. Uh, New evidence emerges that Monroe planned to reveal JFK saw crashed UFOs. And what site is that from? Uh, exopolitics.org.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, <good>. yes. <laughs> it's right
0: next to the that's right next to the clickable ad link uh, for the US Navy's secret space program. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Yep, this is a, a CIA document. Oh, I love this stuff. Okay. I, I just I can't I got it. okay. Yeah, it was a barbiturate overdose. Okay. August fifth, nineteen sixty two. It, she, was, uh, she, she died of a lethal amount of knowing too much. Maybe that's a future episode. Right?
2: The death of Marilyn Monroe. By... <laughs> oh, God, yeah.
0: Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it Cow, is.
3: Pow, pow, Get <laughs> back, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I promise, I promise never to try to do a sexy Marilyn Monroe voice again, because I feel like that was horrifying. That's a promise you can't keep.
1: That's, come on, let's not, let's not, again, limit the show's potential here, fellas. Get out of my head, Chris. This can go in great places soon.
2: Come on, we can really get
1: into some weird shit here. So no, true. Guys, don't do it, for
3: the business sake, don't do it. You care about your listeners, don't you? Well, no,
2: I guess it should be, no, Dave, you don't want to do that, do
0: you, buddy?
1: <laughs> Shut up,
0: Burl! Think about the listeners there, Fred. Now, I know you think what you're doing's a great idea, but let me sing you a little song about a friend of mine who had a head full of bad ideas. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. All oh, right, Chris, yeah.
2: what else you got?
1: So, I got one. Have you guys <laughs> Okay. This one is really interesting to me. I really like this. So, have you guys ever heard of the
2: Creationist Museum? I'm sure oh, you god, yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was going to say I'm sure or, you
2: have. Or should I say, "Oh yes, god."
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the one of the scientists, and I use that term very loosely. <laughs> that works for the Creationist Museum has recently sued the US government and specifically the National Park Service because they would oh. not allow him to investigate how the Grand Canyon was caused by Noah's flood.
0: <laughs> Whoa. So okay. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Whew. So, I, you know what? I, I saw the headline
2: for this <laughs> and I feel like it was it was even more clickbaity than that.
0: It was. Right. You won't it believe why was, this man suing the government. Right, well, right. no, it,
2: it was like it was like man sues, uh, man sues the Grand Canyon because it goes against his cre- creationist yes. beliefs.
1: That was the first one I saw too, and I was like, what. Like you yeah, can't, I was first like, off, the you poor can't Grand sue.
2: Canyon. How, how much money does it have, though? Right, like, you the, know. the clickbait <laughs> can the the bottom.
1: <laughs> Canyons hate him. Find out why. Like,
3: yeah.
1: ridiculous. <laughs> Canyons hate him. So the one that I saw eventually was um, a creationist sues the Grand Canyon for religious discrimination. So the guy that's suing the Grand Canyon is Andrew Snelling. He is... Pretty prominent with young earth creationists so he's on youtube too like if you search how does the grand canyon form one of the first videos is his and within like the first 10 seconds he's like and then jesus came down and cut the rock with his big muscles
3: it's yes. like it
1: starts that way right so oh, he believes that the grand canyon formed after a giant lake resulting from Noah's flood basically broke through the rock and eroded it all in one fell swoop, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he is trying to get the Department of the Interior and Park administrators at the Grand Canyon to give him a permit to collect, like I think it's something like sixty rocks, like this you know normal kind of like you know fist. They they describe them here as fist sized rocks, but you know so pretty pretty okay sizes, maybe like five to ten pounds of rock sure. each. Uh-huh. And they told him no, and so he's suing and saying that this is this is the the part of the file that they put in the lawsuit. The quote is National Park Service Research in Grand Canyon okay for geologists, but not Christian ones. That's the headline on him and his lawyers press release on this thing, which is really great that's so that's his whole thing now is that the Grand Canyon was caused by Noah's flood,
0: which i they've that has been a long held belief that that was. There was no time that was just a one-shot Johnny flood cutting son of a bing bang. Yeah've I've, I've heard that many, many times. I know I and we-
3: the thing
1: is I've so I used to go down with my family. The reason I really like this one is my family used to take really horrible vacations. I mean everyone's family takes horrible vacations as a kid. Yeah. My vacations were made especially worse because my aunt and mother chose all the places we went, not like the kids. So we went to places like, you know, Quaker Village and (laughs) like antique stores along the Jersey Shore and stuff like that. (laughs) And one of the places we went to was this part of Pennsylvania where they have this like a Young Earth Creationist Museum there. And we never got to go, actually. But I have I bought three things that trip. I bought a, a license plate that says, I've been to Blue Balls, Pennsylvania, which has, a, which has a 12-year-old, I thought was hilarious. I get it. I have a sticker that says, I've been to intercourse, and then it says really literally on the bottom, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Another you know, 10-year-old kind of joke thing. And then I have a pamphlet for the Young Earth Museum in Pennsylvania, someplace near Blue Balls and Intercourse, which I guess is them fighting <laughs> fighting the tide, I suppose, of funny jokes and snark. <laughs> But I've always, like, I'm always super interested, you know, I mean, how there's so much to explain about the Grand, the Grand Canyon isn't even that, you know, it's not even that big of a problem for science. It's not someplace. Yeah, Paul Bunyan did it. Well, like, they're not fighting the battles of, like, you know, where is the mind come from? And crap like that. They're like, no, this rock that you can carbon date is wrong. It's like, no, it's, (laughs) it's not, man. Like, come on, we can measure it. Like, stop, just stop fighting that battle, please. It's over.
2: Yeah. I love it. I, uh, well, okay, so why not just give him the rocks?
1: I know yeah. that's the other part of this too. It's like you, I mean, it's all rock, right? There's a shitload of rocks there.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <Why? yes.
1: laughs> like just yeah, why? give okay. him the rocks. That that number but, one. I bet there are people going to the Grand Canyon taking home pockets full of rocks.
0: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: You mean to tell me that guy couldn't have hired fifty tourists, been like five bucks each? I'll give you. I'll just give me your rocks.
0: Just I'll, just I'll, grab a chunk for me. I'll say this, and I mean, I'm I'm trying to look this up as we talk it over and look at the details of it because I'd be willing to believe that there is an alternative reason, and I don't know this for sure, but what better way uh, to to rally the support of the people that you're already uh, trying to to communicate with than for you to be denied access? You know, right, is, exactly. Um, you know, what better way to get more people to flock to your banner? I mean. There was, I I mean, we, the, the attack on, you know, Christmas, the war on Christmas, that's what I meant to say, you know, that kind of ideology uh, is really, uh, especially for people, you know, like, like Andrew Snelling, um, it gets headlines, it gets attention and it gets support. Um, And So he'll, he'll do far better as the guy who wasn't allowed to get his rock samples to prove uh to prove the bible right he'll do far better than if he was if they were like hey here's your go get your rocks if a guy with a bag full of 60 rocks not interesting A guy who the federal government is keeping from exercising his religious freedoms in this, the United States, that guy's going to get a lot more money, a lot more attention and a lot more press. And so I would be interested to see the exact reasons why he wasn't given that permit. And if that was the actual case, because this certainly is going to work out better for him than anyone ever saying yes to his need for 60 rocks. I agree.
1: So one of the, the rocks. One of the arguments is that, so every year to do research in the Grand Canyon officially, you have to get a, a permit from the mm-hmm. Department of Interior, right? So they always have to approve these permits. And so one of the, one a professor at Northern, Northern Arizona University said, quote, it is difficult to review such an outlandish proposal. So I wonder almost if when they reviewed it, they thought it was, like, this guy wasn't serious enough, or he was... I almost wonder if he was applying for money as well, like funding to help him do research. Because mm-hmm. usually oh. you don't just apply for, like, a permit to do, like, go someplace and collect rocks and stuff. You apply for, you know, it to be, like, an officially sanctioned uh, research tour, right? So, I wonder about that as well. The thing that... so. The reason that this one became on my list, too, was that originally I was trying really desperately to write a headline, which was something along the lines of young Earth creationist not allowed to get his rocks off in Grand Canyon.
2: <laughs> but I couldn't think <laughs> of a good way. Like, ah, like, I, I couldn't think home. of a really
1: good way to do it. But yeah, that was my original plan here. The thing is too, this guy has been operating in the Grand Canyon for a number of years. He actually uh, helps run a boat tour that goes through the Grand Canyon where they oh, yeah. argue for like the creationist view of how the canyon formed and stuff and how the canyon itself is evidence of, you know, the earth being 4000 years old. Despite the the layers upon layers of rock strata that show the exact opposite, staring him
0: in the face, man, and and I would also say, you know, it's entirely possible that because he is uh, applying for a scientific permit, and what he's doing does not fit the definition of scientific research, it it really strangely it doesn't really enter into it that. Uh, it is his religious beliefs, but like when you're saying I need these rocks to prove what I, you know what I mean? Like it, it, that's not how science works. That is not, that does not fit scientific research. And I'm sure there are also, again, other ways that you could get permits or permission to remove those rocks under other guidelines that would be allowable. I don't, I don't really know. I'm just kind of supposing there. I just, this just works out so much better for him when he gets to be the aggrieved party. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. Yeah. It makes, I mean, I think you're totally right. It has to be the case. Like how much of the, you know, it's like that argument where someone tells you, you can't eat apples off their land or something. Right. It's like, well, as an apple tree, it's like, it's nature, right? (laughs) Like I get you own it and stuff, but you know, Fucking nature, dude. Like, come on, man. You can't Oh, Like, who owns the trees, man? Right? Like, it's the same kind of argument here where it's like, where where does the official Grand Canyon stop? Right? Can, yeah. he, can he like, step outside of the canyon perimeter and be like, in the, I don't know, the Majestic Canyon or something and be well, like, you know, oh, this is this, you know, it's the same rock and everything, right? Like, I wonder... I just can't see... I can't see, like you said, why... It's so, like, just give the guy a bucket bucket full of rocks.
2: If he is suing them and they said, we're not going to give you these rocks because we don't believe in God and we think you're stupid for believing in God. <laughs> yeah, then yeah, they that's get a problem. sued. But if if they, they got they the su- worst
1: attorneys. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: but if they have a legitimate reason, like, no, we don't want to give you money because you're also asking for money. And, you know, if they have specific reasons then he's not going to win and then we'll all forget about it eventually anyway so yeah
1: yeah the one other thing that i was thinking when i first read this and i again like there's not a lot of reporting out there that isn't super clickbaity and it says the same three things
3: right like Mm -hmm. with
1: most science reporting unfortunately yeah the the thing that i was thinking this whole time was i wonder if they have a set number of grants they can or a, a set number of proposals they can accept every year And so it's like, if it's between letting this guy collect some rocks to be like, I don't see anything weird about these, you know, these rocks don't prove anything to me, except that, you know, whatever the earth is 4,000 years old. If it's versus that guy, it's that guy versus like a serious geological study that needs one more piece of data for this big thing. They're going to go with that one every time, you know? So I think it is.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think they've got many more reasons to, to legitimately deny it than the one reason that uh he is screaming about this guy yeah
0: i i I think you're i think that's entirely likely that there are a number like an uh a set number of scientific permits and because this does not fit the definition of a scientific uh uh, research sorry buddy you moved down the bench and then you fell off the end yeah (laughs) <laughs> but who knows? Maybe, maybe it is them just being like,
2: "No, we're not going to give, give, right. give this right. guy rocks." Right.
0: Yeah,
1: right. For all we know, there's some guy at the National Park Service listening to this now, and he's like, F- "Yeah, this is my defense. <laughs>
0: yeah. I tricked him. <laughs> it was like, oh, I, tricked I never him in even blurry photos. I tricked the defense guys. <laughs> it's all good. We're done." Hey guys, you want some free rocks? Yeah, <laughs>
1: right, right. We're gonna. I'm gonna get a, a chunk of uh, you know, grand, grand marble, whatever the hell they call it. I think they call it Grand Canyonite. Is a specific yeah. rock only found in the Grand Canyon. We're gonna get a chunk of Grand Canyonite through our window that says like we know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. we yeah. We've done like Marilyn Monroe. It's all oh, over.
2: Glorious, that's awesome. All right, Flora, what do you got? Okay, I got, uh, got a short in here. Apparently. This is coming from oldancientorigins.net. New stash of a mysterious Homo naliti bones shows they coexisted with Homo sapiens. Mm. Did I say that right, Dave? Uh, I, 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 sure. lady, Naliti?
3: <Neither
1: laughs>. Um. They can't believe the quality of the fedora they found with the yeah. big one.
2: <laughs> homo trilby? <laughs> <laughs> so... They they found a, a apparently a huge stash of human remains in a cave in South Africa. Dave, it, it may be the Groot songs cave. Who knows? It, yeah, maybe, maybe it's just feasting on Homo, <laughs> <and> the ladies,
0: <laughs> Homo trilbiatus. Yeah,
2: so they think that uh, this this species of of human was alive between 236,000 and 335,000 years ago um and apparently that that kind of throws a, a, a spanner in the works because uh, they thought it was i think older if i if i remember this correctly i'm going to go through here but um they originally discovered this species back in 2015 but they found at least 3 Individuals, two adults and a child, in this uh, cave in South Africa. Uh, they say they they were long legged, pin headed, and gangly, standing about five feet uh, five feet tall with the females Savage. slightly short. Take, that. Take shorter. that, ancient man!
1: <laughs> Stupid nerds!
3: <laughs> they look like a bunch of assholes. <laughs>
2: So they had human-like hands and feet, but rib cages that resembled earlier species, making them a blend of modern human and ancient hominid, hominem, hominin. <laughs> uh, how is this not uh, like missing link material, Dave? Like, isn't that like yeah. what they have been looking
0: for for a long time? I mean, uh, this could just, maybe, maybe they're just uh, hedging their bets. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. You know? You never want to be the person who, who rings the bell and then has to be like, see also most particle physics.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. There oh, every yeah. other
0: week, someone's like, we did
1: it. We found yeah. a way to get energy from everything for free. <laughs> uh-huh. And then, you know, the scientist uh-huh. has to tell their PR firm like, no, we didn't find shit, guys. Come on, stop. Right.
2: So they're claiming, what was the time period that they're claiming this? Okay. So, yeah, they thought it was. Uh, three million years old at first. This was in 2015, uh, which is a long-ass time. Yeah. But now they think that this species was alive between 236,000 and 335,000 years ago.
1: See, so that would put them, though, like around the time of the Neanderthals, right?
2: Exactly. Yep. They say, uh, Which is why the this, this spanner is, is uh, gumming up the works. I'm just going to keep... Keep saying yeah, that metaphor. Yeah, I like
0: it. It's also British. <laughs> the flora, does it does it does it have any reference to what their farts would be like?
1: Right. That's what that's really the, the paleontologists get into
2: nowadays, we, I heard. We we gotta wait until we know the skin color and then we'll move on to the digestive system. Listen, okay. Uh, listen, so, we got some things to yeah, to piece together.
1: This is so that's really interesting. Whenever whenever I'm so I'm always completely blown away by first off i'm garbage at biology so i don't know anything about any of this stuff so if i say something stupid please correct me
2: all
0: right okay <laughs> man welcome to you don't have photos. to say that on this podcast chris <laughs> you're in a safe
2: space
1: the uh <laughs> I, I i just love the description pinheaded yeah pinheaded
2: very small d- skulls they uh they and they do say that this this would mean that they uh would have overlapped with early humans the homo sapiens
3: hmm. uh even
2: not uh, not even neanderthals so so where like,
3: like where the is the
1: so where is the missing link exactly like, uh, you know you always hear that right like the missing link from as far as i knew the, the missing link was between like uh what's that one called like australopithecus australopithecus
0: Australia, Australia. 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 Australia.
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that was where it was. It was between them where we were more like uh tool wielding apes and then more of like an upright walking. Um, Homo right? erectus. So this, yeah, exactly. So this, or even like, I think there wasn't, there were earlier ones, right? Like, yeah. Homo erectus, Homo, Homo habilis. Um, I thought that was kind of the, the split. There was this big gap, but I don't know. I mean, I always, I always think these are interesting because every, so <laughs> every time they discover a new species of human. I kind of check like one more, I don't know, another notch in the wall for things that aren't Bigfoot, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like it seems so small and we're always, they're always waiting on ancient aliens for them to find giant bones or something, or scat, right? <laughs> or, or, or like evidence yeah. of real hobbits or whatever the hell crazy shit they have in the new season. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm always blown away by how much we're able to just tell from bones, yeah. you know? Oh I, I'm, yeah,
2: I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure where in that uh, chain they think a missing link would be, because if they keep finding things like this, then that chain either gets smaller or the hole is, you know, not as big as they thought. Or yeah, which is, I guess, the same thing. But
0: right, Does, wouldn't that well? <laughs> well, they're they're you're, they're also playing like kind of an evolutionary like. Find find the queen, you know, it's like three card Monty, because not only are you trying to establish an evolutionary line for one species, but you're also contending with the fact that there were multiple species. Mm. And so you're trying to determine not only like the lineage, but where they fit on the tree and the this extra uh, pain in the ass wild card being um, interactions because animal interactions are are a lot easier to to track, I would imagine then emerging societal interactions, even with just social groups of animals. And so you're, you're, you're competing with the advent of self-awareness as well as different species with different abilities. As far as tech uh, technology, are they tool users? Are they still living in trees and hunting and gathering? Are they starting to move into other areas? There's, there's so many variables tracing our own ancestry that uh, I mean, I can see why. Like, no matter how many times you make new, huge, groundbreaking discoveries, it doesn't feel like you've really moved that far up the mm. field to, of mm. understanding. So it's really interesting,
1: actually. I just I just looked this up. Missing Link is actually a misnomer.
0: What? Sure. It's, is, it, is it Missing Zelda? And everyone knows. No, it yeah, up? Missing
1: Zelda. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Nintendo, please send me a Switch. I will love you forever. Um, the, so actually, this is kind of funny. On the, If you remember the episode of Eastern Border that we did together, we talked about John Baptiste Lamarck and that Lamarckian. crazy shit that he believed, right? Oh, yeah. Um, where we talked about like weird scientists and stuff in history. Yeah. A Lamarckian evolution is where this idea of a missing link comes from. It's this idea that all existence is linked all together. Yeah. Right? And so there has to be some connection between living animals and humans. So the missing link would be a living link, I guess, like Bigfoot, maybe okay. <laughs> where, where, you know, kind of going from, um, we're going from an ape or, you know, like a great ape to a human itself. So, So actually, all this stuff that we're finding about older, you know, human kind of similar human species or things that maybe walked upright, but had different length femurs or stuff like that. Those are actually the evidence that stopped scientists from talking about the missing link.
3: So it's kind of funny.
1: It's kind of interesting that like, because I go. Yeah, I mean, we're three smart guys. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you know what i mean Three, <laughs> and pretty as, soon, as soon if
1: i can toot our own horns here a little bit um or like i'll toot one of yours you guys will toot one of mine and then you can toot each other's i guess all right <laughs> all right family okay. show here. Okay. Okay.
3: It's, okay here.
0: Okay. it's not the, a family uh, show I'm gonna, I'm gonna toot those <laughs> horns so bad i'm gonna toot the <laughs> shit out of those horns oh
1: my god yeah so that's really interesting that it's, so, it's actually just like a it's a misconception they're they're well, all cool. missing
2: links I, I'm, and I guess I'm it makes sense,
1: to, though, right? We're not, yeah, yeah, like you were saying, we're not jumping. We're not like making. It's all transitory, right? So yeah. every time you find a link, it's like, well, how much? I don't know how much linkier can you get until you find someone that has a, a direct mutation in their line. Yeah, where you find both
3: fossils, yeah.
2: you're not gonna know. So really interesting. Man. Hey, was 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 Lamarck the the guy that was like, if your father works out in the gym? All the time, yes. then you're gonna be born like a bodybuilder, strong kid. Yes,
1: his so his idea is Lamarckian evolution worked against basically Darwinian evolution, and the Soviets took it up and were like, "Yeah, this is like this is how we do stuff." And then all their crops died because that guy didn't know shit.
3: <laughs> right.
2: So Dave, he he was like, he was like, whatever the parent, uh, spe- whatever the parents of the species are good at. So too will the uh, the children of the offspring of the.
1: Oh yeah, he like didn't. Yeah, he yeah like inherited yeah, they, they, ability they, exactly. They, yeah,
2: they like trimmed all the leaves off the cotton plant or something, right, Chris? Like
1: yeah, so they tried they tried to get rid of they tried to cut off the leaves to increase the amount of budding of the flowers. Yeah, right. So they were like yeah. they would they would grow more of those. So it it ended up being a whole thing with other like Lamarckianism was just a part of it. There was. Lysenkoism was what it ended up being called in the Soviet Union, right? But Lamarckian Lamarckian genetics as opposed to Mendelian genetics were that whole idea of like, you cut off the arm of your whatever, you cut off the arm of someone and then their kid comes out with one arm.
3: Yeah, and, I don't know yeah, all kinds
1: of crazy, crazy a, monster crap. Tattoo you can that's make
0: truly bitching. Your right. kids will have that, <laughs> yeah, that completely yeah. awesome tattoo.
1: Right, right now, the rest of my family for generations will have bad bitch tattooed
0: on their ass. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know, like, uh, how did you know that's the best tattoo? You're brilliant. Listen, <laughs> bad. That's hey. they, My whole
1: lab has those on our butts.
0: That's the way it works. That's a. That's, that's real science. a science perfect tattoo, Flora. <laughs> uh-huh. Bad bitch, so, huh? Just think about it, Flora. Think about the tattoo, bad bitch. So, like what butt, what
2: you were saying, Flora? Because um, Flora, they they think that they, they think that these things also lived in trees and ran around. Like they, they're something about the bone structure was that they um, they could tell they they scooted up the trees, they hunted on the ground. But um, what's cool is. It looked like they had human-sized teeth, and they said that it's uh, their diet was. It could have been similar to contemporary humans, and they think they had limb proportions just like ours. Uh, but they don't know why they wouldn't use stone tools. Hmm. Uh, it says. Quote, it doesn't look like they're in a different ecological niche. It's weird. It's a problem. This is not a situation where we can point to them and say they coexisted because they're using resources differently. That like r- is monumental in the the time frame change. Yeah, three million yeah. years to like two hundred to three hundred thousand years.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Whoopsie daisy. Dialed it in, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. oops
0: Did you guys?
1: Did you guys? I love I love stories about scientific mistakes and things that are really stupid because you know again I, I like laughing at the failure of my colleagues I guess <laughs> but you know um, if you remember a couple of I think like a couple of years ago they claimed that they did a study where they showed that the speed of light actually was broken
2: oh, right they they put and they, they and from like uh, Geneva to yeah some
1: yeah burn or something yeah. Like that. yeah like they yeah. they
0: they defeated it
1: yeah and then and then they. So basically, if I remember correctly, what it was was a basically like a, a computer system where they were pinging each other back and forth. Yeah. And so they were they were measuring, or it wasn't a it wasn't like elect- it wasn't electrons being pinged. It was a photon being sent right. back and forth over a fiber optic cable. And so they could they had really really accurate measurements of time to be able to tell if it was going faster or slower than the speed of light and what it ended up being was someone like didn't plug in a wire correctly and so there was a little delay (laughs) course right and so there was this whole thing like i remember my facebook blowing up where people were like take that science (laughs) ha 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 right space travel's happening and i got abducted by aliens and then it's like no this this poor grad student monumentally messed up Yep. And he'll never live it down. He or she will never no. live it down. Yeah, that's over for life. For yeah. Them. It's it's done. They'll be they'll be going to reunions, and people will be like, You remember that plug? And the person's like, I f- can remember, okay? Like I haven't yeah. been able to
2: work since then. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. look, it's the plug guy, everybody.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, are you sure you're gonna be in that meeting on time? <laughs> You'll probably get here early, won't you? Because you're so fast. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: oh goodness that'd be so terrible
0: <laughs> all right dave what do you got for us oh man all right ladies and gentlemen lock lock in suit up s- s- strap out and uh prepare yourselves <laughs> because i have an update for the alien megastructure star that's its theme song that's right uh our favorite Receipt, everybody uh, and <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our favorite nebulous uh, uh, astronomical mystery, KIC8462852, a.k.a. Boyasian Star, a.k.a. Tabby's Star, a.k.a. the unending well from which all Bullstones spring. AKA I've got updates. Hey,
2: DJ, DJ shines a lot.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So here's the deal. Um, as we've so often discussed with the alien megastructure star, that one of the big mysteries is that it its luminosity has altered significantly uh, over time, which is not something that a star should be doing. And as of just a few days ago, man, it started going off the hook again. It was doing it, it started acting weird, and it started to dim again. And the thing is this is, As we've discussed, when it was first discovered, they were just taking old information from the Kepler Observatory and they found, oh my gosh, over time this thing's changing. But they weren't able to really extrapolate a lot of data from that because they had never been looking at it when it was happening. They just were looking at old, functionally accidental readings. But now, uh, Jason Wright, who was one of the, uh, the guy who actually coined the the idea of the alien megastructure, which he will never stop regretting. Uh, in, in in astronomy circles, he's the guy who thought he broke the speed of light. Right. Um, yeah, but he did do a lot of great things, uh, despite the fact that you know he's gotten a lot of attention for this and a lot of uh, ribbing from uh, other astronomers. Um, he did do like a GoFundMe campaign. He got a hundred thousand dollars to buy additional telescope time to monitor this. Um, and so this, it started to dip. The luminosity started to come down and he was able to get a network of, uh, of telescopes to look directly at it so that not only will they see the luminosity changes, but they'll also see what wavelengths, what bands it is that also include x-rays, uh, what else is being obscured and what isn't being obscured to try to help determine why this star is acting the way it is. Um, and so they're currently gathering that information and I don't know, uh, Chris, what's, what's, you're, you're the scientific expert of all science. What's the <laughs> turnaround time on that? How long we got to wait to see what was going on there. So
1: there's that, there's that piece there where it says that he bought, he bought uh, time on the telescope. Yeah. Access to these like big national laboratory things takes forever. Right. Yeah. I have a crystal that I seriously need to shoot gamma rays at and then measure how they bounce back. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to maybe get to do that in like five years. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's, it takes a while. So I don't know. I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like for telescopes and stuff like that. I would anticipate it's going to probably be at least, at least two years to collect the data Analyze the data, and then if if he finds something, he's gonna publish it. He's not gonna if he finds a like a mega <laughs> he finds anything interesting, he's not gonna go to like CNN and break it, and you know what I mean. He's yeah. gonna publish it, and then we'll be reading clickbait articles like I don't know, man finds alien superstructure Right <laughs> like, just like Part those. Seven. He right. waited
2: two years for a telescope, and <laughs> you'll never <laughs> believe what he saw. Right, right.
1: And I want like I the thing with this stuff. That's really interesting to me is so the sun itself is changing light intensity, basically, right? Lumosity. So like whenever I read that story, I was always like, couldn't there be a, I don't know, a giant dust cloud obscuring the light, right? Like it's, it's rotating about the sun. It's obscuring the light. Sometimes it's letting it back. I, I imagine, I mean, if they find like regular, uh repetitive cycles of like that where it's going off it's going on it's going off it's going on they'll probably think it's a natural cause but at this point they they put the alien you can't be an astronomer and be like i found an alien base this cat's Mm -hmm. not going back in the bag you know what i mean yeah exactly giant mistake there
0: it's it's too late and that's the thing they were actually able to go back uh almost a hundred years they were able to pull old plates which obviously don't have any resolution to it. And they were not able to determine that's what makes this thing so fascinating to scientists uh, is that there is no uh, period to it. There is no Mm. repetitive predictable pattern to it. And so all of their theories are, are things like uh, clusters of comets that are being pulled in. Right. Uh, And there's one really interesting theory that, uh, that I hadn't seen before that I just read today is, um, this could be the after effect of a sun eating a planet in that you have the bright sun and then there is ejecta coming back out oh, gases. Oh yeah. So, so you, you as this, as this sun is effectively burping out pieces of a planet that it's eaten, that is causing the luminosity to drop. And then as that drops this, the luminosity returns and then you would also get in a regular cloud of dust surrounding that star. Mm. So that I thought that was a really good uh theory that I had not read before today um as far as people trying to explain what this is. And uh, let's never forget it's an alien megastructure, everybody. That's right. That's, I mean it doesn't it, matter. Like yeah. th-
1: listen, we're only seeing what the aliens want us to see anyways. Yeah. So it doesn't matter anyways. The the thing I really like about this story though is that we don't like we, as cool as I always love on those Facebook pages, like, I love science or whatever, where people will put a picture of uh, a really nice colorized photo of a star or something, right? Yes. And it's, you know, listen, I'm a scientist. I look at Excel all day. Okay, science is not pretty. Science is ugly. (laughs) It is Excel bitmap graphs and words, right? So. I think the fact that there's something really cool out there for us to look at is is really good regardless of what it actually is. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's really cool that we're looking at this thing, and I hope we find out that it is something really cool. But, you know, the fact of the matter is that if we find out it's just a normal star, people are going to be like, whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll get Absolutely. forgotten and moved on. The other thing I think is really cool, I... Whenever I hear stories about people like with GoFundmes where they get a hundred thousand dollars for like scientific research, I'm always I'm always kicking myself like why didn't I do something sexier, man? I did <laughs> I did I did a zeolite absorption of
0: pollutants. Oh, stop it, stop it! Six to midnight, <laughs> right? six to
1: midnight. Telling you, you know, it's like I'm doing the I'm doing the kind of stuff that if I had told myself. What I worked on as a kid, I would have punched myself in the stomach.
3: You know what I mean?
0: I'm like <laughs> well, you get, stayed a hero too long, now you're the villain. Right. I get I get really excited
1: when my um when my Excel graphs look really pretty on the first try. You know what I mean? I don't even use Excel. I'm sorry, I'm a real scientist. I use origin, you guys. Okay? Uh, <laughs> Excel is not good for scientific publishing. Uh science deep cut? I don't know. You yeah. have to tell me.
0: I, I'll well, take just, your word for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's just like the 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 scientific things I get excited about are so nerdy now that when something cool like that happens, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm always unfazed. I'm like, how could you but sell I mean, a star?
3: What, I mean, kind of, <laughs> what kind of,
1: what kind of a- economic production is that going to spur on? You know? I mean, uh, jaded, having man. said
0: that, you did just complain about how long it's going to take before anyone will let you blast something with gamma <laughs> yes, rays. I mean, that's yeah, true. Until, you, until you can get your crystal to Hulk the f*** out. So it's
1: true, I'd say it's you're okay. still on the good side of awesome science. It sounds cool. Again, everything I do is cooler than it, it is. Everything, rather, everything sounds cooler than it is. Right? Hey, I welcome, tell people. Welcome to podcasting. I know, <laughs> I know. I know. The amount of time I spend
0: editing out breaths of my own oh, is yeah. phenomenal. The, mat- yeah. the amount of time I ha- Flora has to spend editing breaths in. <sighs> 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 Debatable. Oh, <man. laughs> not, a- not accurate. Well hey
2: friend.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there you go, everybody. There's your uh there's your there's your glorious K uh K I C eight four six two eight five two update.
1: Man, who, nice. that's a catchy name though. It is good AKA PR people
0: DJ Dyson Sphere. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Spinning into the night.
0: Flora? Uh how about how about the spin cycle?
2: Alrighty. Let me let me do us a weird roundup real quick. Um <laughs> well, how did that go? And then we'll <laughs> then we'll we'll end it out. Um all right. This first one I call Tourism Gets a Bump. And this is from the Daily Telegraph in London. Officials in charge of a Beijing Grand Canal Heritage Site recently installed speed bumps similar to those familiar to Americans driving residential streets, but on a pedestrian walkway with row upon row of risers to resemble a washboard. A Western travel writer, along with editors of People's Daily China, suggested that officials were irked that, quote, disorderly tourists had been walking past the ancient grounds too rapidly to appreciate its beauty or context. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry we're so
2: efficient I want to know what things they turn down
1: first <laughs> yeah like we can, listen we can put up a, a ball pit here they have to wade through <laughs>
3: yeah that's not gonna work
0: giant fan yeah. blow them back a little bit Turnstiles, no not gonna happen no motion no. motion activated blowgun darts <laughs> if you move faster than this you're gonna get bit <laughs>
2: Uh this one I call now you pee me now you don't oh Flora. in March, an electrician on a service call at a public restroom in Osuki, Japan discovered a crawl space above the urinal area, which had apparently been a man's home <laughs> complete with a space heater, gas stove, and clothing huh that's that's there's there's a lot more than crawling going on there, conveniently urine adjacent. Now, investigators learned that Takashi Yamanuchi, 54, a homeless wanderer, had been living there continuously for three years. Is he really still a wanderer at that point? Yeah, no. (laughs) And had arranged everything very tidily, including, Dave, the 300 plus plastic two liter bottles of his own urine.
1: He lived above a toilet. He lived
2: above a toilet. It was unclear why he was storing his urine when he resided above a
0: public restroom. <laughs> yes. Unclear to say the very, very least.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was just, I'll bet you he was just, just was the perverse nature of it. He's like, you know what? It'll keep these fuckers guessing.
3: <laughs> I wonder if he,
1: did he like occasionally, I don't know, drip some down the wall or something? Oh, like, uh, you know, <laughs> Amityville horror style. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, it's late at night. You're the only one left at the shop. You're, you're going to take a leak, and all of a sudden, you see
2: the drip, and you're like, oh, my God. The walls are the pink love. again. Yeah, it does that. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked pissa. <laughs> the last one here I call warms the shackles of the heart. Several treatments are available to combat the heart arrhythmia called atrial fibrillation. But all require medical supervision, which John Griffin, 69, said he tried to acquire at the emergency room at New Zealand's Waikato Hospital in April, only to be met with delay and frustration. Griffin went home that day, took notice of his neighbor's 8,000-volt electric security fence, and with boots off, in a fit of do-it-yourself desperation, nudged it with his arm. He got quite a jolt, he said, but he walked away, and his heart returned to natural rhythm. The medical, director, the medical director of the Heart Foundation of New Zealand said that Griffin was lucky and sternly warned against the quote-unquote procedure. That was from the New Zealand Herald.
0: No! No.
2: <laughs> electric wow. fence. It was an electric fence.
1: It makes you wonder what other kinds of medical procedures people are doing on their own. Oh yeah,
2: and telling work. doctors. Oh. oh man. I mean that that guy's that guy's a hero. That <laughs> he's is. like Yeah, he's like I I need my heart needs help. This is just, you know, your your socialist medicine is failing me right now.
3: <laughs> I'm going to do
2: this myself. He's a real he's a real bootstrapper.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> I got the sense. I mean, folks down there when I was down there, like out in the country, if yeah, they'll
0: make it happen. I think I <laughs> They're very self sufficient. I think that's country folk the world round. They're just like, eh, yeah, I don't have time for that shenanigans bullshit.
2: Yeah, what what needs to be in me? Electricity. Uh, I'm on it. <laughs> Hold Found some. Yeah. <laughs> right. So
3: there you oh, go. There's
2: your weird, glorious.
0: Roundup. So there you go, everybody. That's that is everything you need to know. Every other piece of news you'll hear for the next month is extraneous and unnecessary.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Did I say um, that right? I feel like I had extraneous a and jacket. unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I did feel like I had a weird, weird brief brown out while I was saying that. <laughs>
2: Well, you did turn into Burl Lives for a few seconds. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: he got shocked by the fence again. That's right. <laughs> oh, no, I, think I do. So, Chris, give us get everybody the 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 hard factual data as to where your Dyson Sphere is. The
1: hard factual data. So, my show can be found at themadscientistpodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can now find us on Audio Boom, which is freaking awesome. Um, and you can find us on all your Best podcast apps and stuff, and the worst ones too. I guess all of them overall. <laughs> Just search the Mad Scientist podcast. with are the logo with the jack o' lantern in the front, so it's yeah. hard to miss.
0: Sweet, it is. It is a real eye catcher. I fucking love that logo. It's awesome. Thank you. It's so good.
1: Like I'm so happy it worked out. Because if I had drawn that thing, it would have looked like vomit. So I'm pretty happy <laughs> that we got like a good. I'm happy. I'm happy. I know some really talented artists. It would have looked who, like a
0: sack of. Sh- Hook me up. Yeah, seriously.
1: <laughs> looked like an animatronic dino. Listen, this show would not have taken off. It would look like a turnip or something and a smiley face on it and crap and like, you know, kids crayon drawing. The first logo I had I did on MS Paint. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> like oh, almost yeah. like this this is going to look great on iTunes. Look at yeah. this thing. This I'm pretty phenomenal. I
0: mean, I'm pretty good at MS Paint myself. I know, I know what you mean. I'm pretty pretty <laughs> talented. Pretty, pretty talented. Pretty great. It's pretty pretty yeah. useful information. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyways, yeah, that's,
1: that's, where you, that's where you can find the show. And on darkmyths.org as well, with all the other phenomenal Dark Myths Exactly, podcasts. that's true. Never so forget true. about the
0: remainder of the Dark Myths podcast group, which reminds me, actually, funny story about those guys. is like, next week on Bullstone! 45-year-old man nervously turns down Taylor Swift's song on the radio when passing a group of teenage girls. New leak found at
1: Hanford Reach Nuclear Waste Site, says Five-Eyed Glowing Mutant Man.
2: Never judge a book by its hover? We'll tell you all about the new trend
0: of library droves. All of these graphic depictions of paleological urination and more next time on Full Stone.